Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I am so glad you are here. If you're listening to this in real time, find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie because I have an amazing Valentine's girlfriends giveaway that I am doing with Canprev in partnership with Canprev. They have hooked us up with some awesome products to give away that are going to support sleep and anxiety and your moods and your hormones and gut health, all of the best stuff and your immune system. And I'm so excited to give these goodies away. It's the girlfriends giveaway that I am calling it because not only you can win the goodies, but tag your girlfriend and you will both win this amazing prize pack. So if you're listening to this in real time, I know we're releasing this episode a little bit later in the week, but um, do check us out there and at Holistic Wellness Foodie, and we will be announcing the winner on Valentine's Day. So on Sunday, February 14th, which is just a couple of days away, I'll be announcing the winners over on Instagram. So do enter. It's going to be awesome, and you guys are going to get hooked up with some amazing products. And I must say, it is only for Canadian residents. Canprev is only in Canada. They only ship within Canada. Now, you can buy Canprev products on different supplement stores online, um, iHerb and Natural Nutrition and Nature Source, and they do all ship to the US. So if you're looking to get your hands on some Canprev products, then definitely order online from some of those amazing sites. But they are only within Canada, so they only do their giveaways within Canada. So sorry to all of my US friends. I will be sure to have a giveaway coming up for something that is open for Canada and the US, all right? I will be on the lookout for that, so stay tuned for that. Um, but good luck with the giveaway. There's some awesome products you're going to enjoy. We have an amazing episode today. I'm really excited to dive into it. And before I get to it, I got some awesome testimonials that came in through Instagram from so many women that have been trying the Organifi products. Somebody the other day said how they've been loving the Organifi Harmony and it's been their go-to drink in the morning. They add their nut pods to it and they drink that while they journal. And that is amazing. Number one, I love nut pods. It's like one of my favorites. It's so good, which is a almond and coconut milk creamer. And it has, they have like so many amazing flavors, which I'm obsessed. I'm currently obsessed with the peppermint mocha and the caramel. Those are like my go-to right now. But I got some awesome DMs. So thanks so much for sharing with me and how you guys have been loving the products. The Organifi Harmony is a blend of herbs specific for helping to support women's hormones and really balance women's hormones. It tastes like a decadent hot chocolate, and I do love drinking it in the morning. I'm totally out of mine, and I think they were sold out for a little while on their site, so I got to check back, but do check out OrganifiShop.com. You can save 15% off site-wide with the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES, and also I got some amazing feedback on the Organifi Gold Chocolate. 
A lot of our resetters have been drinking that at night when they're looking for something sweet and chocolatey and they don't want to just cave in and eat something that's loaded with sugar. And the Organifi Gold Chocolate only has one gram of sugar and they use monk fruit and it's really delicious. Again, it also tastes like a hot chocolate. And then I got some great feedback about the pumpkin spice one too. Somebody saying how now they can enjoy pumpkin spice lattes year round and they can totally ditch Starbucks. So um, that was awesome. The pumpkin spice is really good too. So all of their flavors are amazing and they sweeten them with monk fruit or stevia and they just do a really good job with quality ingredients. And I'm a huge fan. So again, the coupon code is healthy hormones, save 15% off site-wide at OrganifiShop.com. So let's dive into our episode. I'm excited for my guest today, Jen Maleka. She dives into a really crazy health story that she had with mold toxicity. It's really wild. And it was such a great conversation. We talked about a lot about blood testing and how really they don't tell you squat uh, and how you really have to run some functional lab testing if you want to get to the root of what's going on. We talk about diet and exercise and how this just isn't enough when it comes to the health puzzle and really trying to get well and get better, that there are so many more pieces that make up this health puzzle. We also talk about thyroid testing. We talk about gut health and some really great strategies to implement to improve your gut health, which will help reverse certain health issues and autoimmunity. And we also dive into gut health, liver and thyroid, and especially the connection between all those three. We also talk about mold toxicity and Jen shares her really powerful story with overcoming that and hormonal imbalances and just how she was really not doing well and she really had to become her own health detective and dive in deeper to get support and look at the root cause of what was really going on with her. So it's a really powerful episode and I know you guys are gonna enjoy it. So Jen Maleka, my guest today, supports busy health-minded professionals in taking back control of their health by giving them access to the right lab tests and resources so they can find the missing pieces of their health puzzle, actually fix what is wrong, and get back to feeling like themselves again. Using over a decade of personal training experience, training in functional diagnostic nutrition, and transformational coaching, she creates personalized health rebuilding programs for clients that are realistic and sustainable for long-lasting results and that empower clients to be the boss of their own health. You can connect with Jen on Instagram at Holistic Health Boss, and that's with a W. And you can also find her on her website, holistichealthboss.com. Let's dive in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Samantha. I'm so excited to be here as well. It's good to be talking to you. Yes, it's so great to connect. I know we're going to have an amazing conversation today. And before we officially dive in, can you share with our audience more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. My brand is the Holistic Health Boss, and I'm all about empowering the whole body naturally and being a boss of your own health. And I'm sure this is something that we have in common. Um, as I was reading a little bit about your story on your website just recently too, is, you know, we've had these health journeys and we feel lost and struggle and we can't, you know, get answers from our, you know, conventional resources sometimes. And we have to take things into our own hands in order to figure out what's going on with our health so that we can feel like our best self. So that's really what I'm all about is helping like busy health-minded professionals to get their hands on the right lab tests and resources to really find those missing pieces of their health puzzle so they can actually fix what's wrong and get back to feeling like themselves again. And this is what 
I experienced in my health journey at one point in time was just like, it seemed like there was a place when I was like feeling great and comfortable in my body. And then all of a sudden it's like, you wake up one day and you're like, wait, where did I go? Like, I don't feel great in my skin. And then why am I struggling with weight and hormone issues and all of this stuff? And, you know, I was that person that everything looked perfect on paper, quote unquote, like my blood work looked normal. My doctor, my annual physicals would tell me that I was like the picture of perfect health, but I didn't feel that way. And come to find out I had all kinds of things going on internally, like adrenal dysfunction, hormone imbalances, um, bacteria overgrowth in my gut, um, of stress, which actually led to a diagnosis of skin cancer around the age of 24. Wow. That um, was purely a factor of my environment and what was co- being cultivated in my body. There was no family history whatsoever. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful to sit here with you saying that I'm like 10 over 10 years skin cancer free at this point in time, which is fantastic. And, um, but without having done some of the functional testing that I had done and going through some training that I've received, I never would have probably discovered what that root cause was and like been able to turn it around and be here like this today. So I had to become my own health boss basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really powerful story. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I'm sure so many women can relate in terms of going to their doctor with just a host of symptoms and then their doctor not running the proper lab testing or telling them that it's in their head and you just need to exercise more or eat less or just, you know, the generic thing that most of us end up hearing. And then here's a medication. And as we know that, that doesn't get to the root and solve anything. So I'd love to dive into testing and start off there because we know that typical blood tests really don't give us the full picture. And so I know you run a lot of testing in your practice. So let's dive into some more of these functional tests, what they Mm -hmm. are, what are some of your favorites and why are they so important? Yeah. Um, they're so great because functional tests really help us to see the physiological aspects of the body and what is happening. And, you know, kind of to your point, there's a second piece of my story when my hormones started to go haywire again, after 17 years of being on birth control and being exposed to toxic mold in my house that I don't, didn't know was going on at the time. And I'll never forget going to like one of the top women's um, health specialists here in San Diego. And she was like, well, maybe you just put on 15 pounds of muscle. And I was like, do you know anything about women and metabolism? Do you know how hard it is for women to put on muscle? I was like, do I look like a bodybuilder? And she's like, well, your blood work looks great. There's nothing on here. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. You know, like I used to train for fitness competitions. And even with like a really strict workout routine and diet, I was lucky if I put on like two pounds of muscle on like a six to eight week training period, let alone like 15, you know? Right. Um, So back to the functional lab tests. I mean, as I was saying, they just take a deeper dive look at the physiological aspects of the body. So if we take, if we talk about hormones specifically and really the sex hormones like estrogen and testosterone and progesterone, Um, first of all, in a blood test, you know, when you're looking at estrogens, you usually get maybe one or two estrogen markers on something like a functional lab test, like the precision analytica's Dutch test, which is urine based. You actually get to look at three different estrogens and you get to look at phase one estrogen metabolism, which just makes the picture even bigger about what's going on in the body. And along with that, 
you know, blood testing is really looking at bound hormone, which is the un it's not available for the cells. It's kind of like the, the byproduct or the waste product versus when we're using something like saliva or urine based testing, which is what we kind of falls in that category of functional testing. We're able to look at the active available, you know, hormone that's happening in the body with, there are some things like, for example, thyroid can only be tested right. you know, in blood, but even then in thyroid, we want to look at like total T4 and free T4 to look at like, what is the active available amount for the cells, which is the free T4, the free T3 versus the total, which is like the total bound hormone right. essentially. So, you know, the, the hormone perspective, I mean, I found that running something like a Dutch test when something like estrogen dominance is being missed on blood work, the Dutch test will reveal it. Um, specifically like looking at those three different estrogens and how they're balanced in like the phase one estrogen metabolism and what it looks like comparatively to progesterone and even testosterone markers as well. It's really helpful. And sometimes that test will lead back and say, okay, testosterone looks low on here. Let's actually do a blood test for testosterone to see what the you know, um, the total testosterone looks like from the blood markers, but that, you know, functional test helps us just dive so much deeper. And then, sure. you know, with my story, like some of the things that I was talking about, like looking at, you know, figuring out that I had liver congestion and high oxidative stress. Those are both things that were picked up on a functional test, a urine test and understanding that I had kind of liver congestion, which we can also kind of see on the Dutch test too it gives you some clues as to the fact that you're not, you know, processing toxins out of the body, um, that the liver is probably sluggish in doing its job, which can then produce a myriad of downstream, um, issues also, which again, are things that we can't really pick up on a blood test. And then same thing, like one of my other favorite tests is a, um, diagnostic solutions, GI map, a stool sample test, to look at what's going on inside the gut. So we've got a lot of talk, you know, going on right now, even in the mainstream world about, you know, microbiome and probiotics mm -hmm. and leaky gut, mm -hmm. but you really want to understand like, well, what are all of the compounding factors that lead to that type of scenario and looking at pathogens like parasites, bacteria, yeast overgrowth is really important. Plus that test gives us some other markers for, um, intestinal health, like looking at the immune system, secretory IgA, or how well somebody's digesting fats or proteins. Um, there's also a marker for something called B-glucuronidase, which is a toxic enzyme that the body produces that not only can affect the intestinal lining, but also that liver congestion and as well as estrogens too. So when we run these functional lab tests, again, you know, it's just to summarize it, it's looking at all these other physiological aspects and it's helping you to connect the dots and see all of those pieces of the puzzle to understand that what's going on with that person on a whole picture perspective. For sure. I think it's so amazing that we now have access to these tests, which is so great. And like you said, it just tells us so much more and can give us such a bigger picture. You mentioned thyroid, and I'd love to just dive a little bit deeper into that because as we know, most doctors run TSH and that does not give us the full mm -hmm. picture. So why don't you just give us the lowdown there in terms of what we want to ask for, what we want to be looking at in terms of thyroids? Cause I know, I know that's a big one with our community for sure. Yeah, definitely. So TSH is 
thyroid stimulating hormone, which is actually produced by the pituitary gland. So the thyroid is part of the endocrine system that is the system of the body that houses all of our glands and hormones. And the pituitary gland, I always kind of, here's my analogy for it really is like, we look at the endocrine system, we've got the hypothalamus, which sits inside the brain. And I kind of think of that as like, you think of it like, like the CEO, it's observing the marketplace, it's getting feedback about the market, and then it's making decisions on where it's going to drive the company, which is the body. And then, so the CEO, the hypothalamus then signals the pituitary gland, which is like the president of operations mm-hmm. and the pituitary gland will then signal the other horn, the other glands to do their job. So it sends out like TSH to signal the thyroid. It sends out like ACTH to set, to signal the adrenals, for example. So that TSH marker that is so commonly run is actually more of an insight to pituitary gland function than it is to thyroid sometimes. So what's happening is that the pituitary gland is sending out TSH to the thyroid to say, hey, thyroid, produce thyroid hormone. So yes, if TSH is off the mark for some reason, whether it's high or low, that can give us some insight, okay, that the thyroid's not doing, it's not producing hormone like it should. So the, t- the pituitary gland is working harder or not working it hard as hard because something's happening over here. But to really understand the full picture of thyroid, we want to look at those other hormones. If we see that TSH is high, we want to go, okay, what does thyroid hormone production look like then? Like, let's get closer to what is going on exactly. Is it T4 that's higher or low? Is it you know, T3 that's higher or low, um, is T3 not being uptaken into the cells for utilization. So the body is then sensing that more, t- you know, thyroid hormone needs to be produced or something like that. So in order to see this whole picture, we not only want to test TSH, but we also want to look at total T4 and uh, free T4 which is then converted into T3. So we want to look at total T3 and free T3, which can actually give us clues about liver and gut function because those are um, where the majority of that thyroid T4 is converted into T3. So it can kind of tell us like, okay, there's something going on with liver and gut that needs to be addressed to help with that conversion. Um, But we want to look at like reverse T3 and T3 uptake, which are two kind of regulators on T3 being able to be utilized by the cells. And then also looking at the thyroid antibodies to assess an autoimmune process. So that's going to be thyroid peroxidase or known as TPO and thyroglobulin AB, which is known as TGAB, usually sometimes to really see that full picture. And, you know, it's so interesting. I just actually had a consultation with a client yesterday who's been on thyroid, was diagnosed with Hashimoto's like 13 years ago and has been on a hundred MCGs of Synthroid for the last 13 years. And here's the fascinating part is that she's telling me her history about how she got diagnosed and like she got diagnosed after this period in her life where she was traveling a bunch for work, sleeping poorly, eating food on the road. So a lot of fast food and not so not such a great diet and training for a triathlon all at the same time. That's a lot. So her symptoms were like fatigue, feeling cold all the time, joint pain, um, and a little bit of hair loss. And at the time they diagnosed her with Hashimoto. So she's been on this medication since then. And for perspective out there, 
a hundred, you know, micrograms of, um, Synthroid is actually pretty high. Like when yes. I, I was part two of my health story was being diagnosed with Hashimoto's myself and hypothyroidism from mm-hmm. mold in our house. And like, at the time, my naturopath put me on 16, you know, MCTs, Wow! like the lowest dose possible, because in her experience, she said, like, when people get on that higher dose, it's harder to get off. Right. For sure. And so I would say like the average you know, thyroid medication amount is about 32, maybe in the forties, but like, so a hundred is relatively high compared to where most people are. And in talking to this woman the other day, I was like, well, what do your thyroid numbers look like? And all of her thyroid numbers are just within functional optimal range. And so I was like, this is very interesting. You know, what's happened. I was like, I actually think what's happened, what happened here is that she had adrenal dysfunction that was going on from her high training regimen, poor sleep, traveling a ton across time zones that messed with her cortisol, her circadian rhythm, but because in conventional medicine, they don't really know how to assess or diagnose adrenal dysfunction. What they found was hypothyroidism. Right. And so she's like, I don't really know why I'm on this medication. I don't, she's like, I don't feel bad. I was like, a hundred MCGs, like that's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. So did she have to like slowly wean off of that? this is just an initial conversation that we had yesterday. So, um, I also talked to her about all the other like factors that we were just kind of talking about here in terms of how do you support your thyroid naturally? Yes. You know, what's going on with your liver, what's going on with your gut. So come to find out she's had a, basically her entire life, she's been constipated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's something that's going on there. She's recently had more bloating and GI gastrointestinal issues and things dealing with rectal pain. She's had swollen, tender breasts popping up. So she obviously has a lot of other things. Like when I hear about like cyclic swollen, tender breasts and some of the things that she's experiencing, I definitely start to think like estrogen dominance, which is you know, a sign that the liver is overloaded or not processing out. Like there's two things happening there. There's probably high estrogen, but probably a backup in the detox process. Yeah. And so we talked about all those opportunities that she has to like lay a foundation to support her body better. And once she has that foundation, then she can work with her doctor about probably transitioning, like hopefully off the medication. She's been on it for so long. Her body may be reliant on it, but probably getting it down. And at a minimum, switching to something that's more natural because those synthetic medications like Synthroids come with a lot of fillers like gluten and dairy and other toxic elements that are kind of working against the process that she's trying to achieve. For sure. For sure. So you mentioned liver and thyroid and gut and thyroid, and we know it's all interconnected. Can we break that down in more detail and just really connect the dots between the gut, the liver and the thyroid? Yeah, totally. Because that's really, you know, the bigger picture and the key here, I think in so many ways. So I kind of touched on how, you know, there's a huge portion of your thyroid hormone that's converted in the liver and in the intestinal um, tissue. So we want to make sure that those tissues are healthy in order to convert that, that thyroid hormone optimally. Then we look at things like well, there's certain nutrients that are required in order to convert thyroid hormone, like selenium, for example, is a really important nutrient, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have something like leaky gut going on or poor digestion or an inflamed intestinal tract, you're not going to be absorbing nutrients 
as well as you could be in order to actually support thyroid function and hormone conversion. So that certainly I think is a piece of the puzzle. And definitely if there's any type of autoimmune process going on, because you know they say that about 80% of your immune system lives in the gut essentially. So we want to reduce inflammation there. We want to get calm the immune system down to calm or even reverse the autoimmune process. I mean, I'm a living example of reverse Hashimoto's here from mm-hmm. yep, working yep, on those too. things, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's in a nutshell, what's really, you know, some of the key elements of the gut connection and then the liver. So we talked about that thyroid hormone conversion, but the liver helps us to process out toxins. So one of the things that can trigger um, either an autoimmune process or hypothyroid type of issues is elevated estrogen levels. So we want to make sure that the liver can move those toxins out of the body because if they get built up, then that's where we, they start to affect Um, thyroid, like mercury levels are another thing that can trigger thyroid issues. So we want this healthy detoxification process to move that stuff through when we're getting, um, encountering those things essentially. And also like making sure that our liver is healthy to, um, you know, uh, perform like gluconeogenesis and regulate insulin levels and all that stuff that comes around with that. Um, because that helps you when we have balanced blood sugar, when we have regulated insulin levels, those types of things help to keep our estrogen levels healthy too, and our cortisol regulated as well. So that liver piece is really, I think, important in a lot of ways. And those two things are so affected by toxins in our environment and other lifestyle factors that they really need probably more of our attention than we're giving them oftentimes. For sure. For sure. That's really great. So in terms of gut health, what are some of your top strategies, your healing strategies for really optimizing the gut so that we can prevent autoimmune or reverse health issues? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, this is where the functional testing comes back into play a little bit. So I'm a big fan of running a food sensitivity test, something like uh, Oxford Biomedical MRT or Cyrex RA10 or even the vibrant wellness like Zoomers to look at, you know, food responses like that might be contributing to inflammation that are contributing to that leaky gut factor that we talked about just a little bit ago and helping to relieve some of the burden that the digestive system is, you know, taking on when it relates to foods. So I think that's a big piece. The other part is that stool sample test that I mentioned earlier diving in, seeing what other gut bugs or things are at play that are creating internal toxicity and inflammation and cleaning that stuff up. And then certainly there's ways to um, heal and support, you know, restoring the integrity of the intestinal lining. So like probiotics, fish oils, L-glutamine. I love like microbiome labs, their Omega IgG 2000 product that helps to restore the integrity of the um, intestinal lining or something like Designs for Health, GI Revive is another really great one too. So just depending on the person, and this is where the lab testing can help to guide us on like what supplementation would be, you know, helpful in that healing process, but pretty much, you know, a combination of things is probably going to help there. Fermented foods, if people can tolerate fermented foods, that helps to cultivate more beneficial bacteria, which helps to keep the gut healthy, you know, also. 
Um, and then I'm a really big fan of castor oil packs. Mm, I love them. Yeah. I was like, I think everybody should just be sent home at birth with a castor oil pack. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's such a simple, you know, like ancient, like long-standing therapeutic tool and a castor oil pack, you know, with the things that we're talking about here, Samantha, like it hits on all three subject lines. Like it helps to stimulate detoxification. It helps to reduce inflammation and heal the intestinal lining and it helps to balance hormones. So it's, you know, it's such a great tool. Everybody should be using one. (laughs) So do you have a specific way you like to do your castor oil packs? Cause I know everyone has a different way. Some people just rub it directly onto their liver. Some use a piece of flannels, like everyone kind of has their own little method. So I'd love to know your specific method. Yeah. So I love, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Marisol, queen of the throne. Yes. Her castor oil pack is my go-to because before I found her, I was that person that was getting my own wool flannel and like putting the castor oil on it, putting it over my abdomen. And then I was taking like saran wrap and like wrapping myself up. (laughs) I used to do the same thing. (laughs) And it was still like so messy. So hers just makes it like hassle and mess free in a lot of ways. Um, she recommends like wearing it while you sleep. And I don't do that because I, I can't wear clothes at nighttime sleeping. Like I feel like I'm going to suffocate. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so, the exact same way. But I am, um, like a master of like routine and efficiency. So what I do is I wear my castor oil pack at nighttime while I sit in my infrared sauna because the heat helps to accelerate the absorption process. And I meditate at the same time. So that is a good combo. I might steal that from you and start doing that. Right. Killing three birds with one stone basically. Cause it gets like a little overwhelming when you think about all these like self-care things that you want to be doing. So I'm like, how can we habit stack and start to combine some of the stuff to like make it easier for us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love that. I'm so doing that tonight in my sauna with castor oil. I, yeah. and I totally am with you on that. Like I don't like wearing clothes to bed, but what I do do is just rub castor oil directly on my liver and I go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have not had issues with it staining anything. Like I, I don't, so I just rub it directly on and then I just go to bed because I'm like, I want to use it, but I don't want to wear clothes and I don't have the whole pack on. Like, so yeah, I kind of, that's, that's my way of doing it. There's also another product that I use like during the day is called Ashni, Ashni Heels. And it's actually a blend of coconut oil and castor oil and then like Himalayan sea salt. So you're getting that magnesium absorption too. So I will rub that on my stomach, like in the morning after I get off out of the shower, wear that during the day, or I travel with that because it's easier to travel with that than my castor oil pack. Um, and they have a couple different blends where they include like turmeric or peppermint for joint aches and stuff like that. So they're a really good product too. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. I might have to grab the name from you again and then we'll put, we'll link it in the show notes. Cause I'm Mm -hmm. sure I'll get lots of questions about it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I would love to dive into mold toxicity because you've had your own experience with this. And how did you even know that you had mold toxicity in your house? Like, how did you discover that? By divine intervention, really, it was, um, so I kind of told the first part of my health story, healed all that skin cancer stuff, like, you know, got my energy back, balanced my weight, like at the age of 30, after doing this work, I was like, just turned 30, getting married that year and like, definitely feeling like the best I'd ever felt in my entire life, right? 
And then after that, over the course of two years, like my health just started slowly declining. And I started like slowly putting on weight. And after the course of two years, it ended up being like 15 pounds. And then at like at the end point, right before I'd found the mold stuff, like I started having cystic acne. I'd never had acne in my entire life, like not even in puberty. And it was like all over my face, on my back, like where I couldn't even stand to look at myself in the mirror anymore. Cause I would just pick at my face. I just couldn't handle it. For sure. Know? Um, I was still on birth control at that period point in time. And I was starting to have breakthrough periods, even though I was on the pill and I hadn't had a period in like five years, I was really bad abuser of birth control. Like I would just skip the placebo pills and I really messed with my body for some period of time. Right. And then what really got worse and started with when my body's like screaming at me, I was like, there's something wrong was like, I started getting like insane breast tenderness to the point where like, I've shared this in a blog, like even kind of took a, a picture of this scenario, but I had a huge red streak that went from like my nipple to the outer portion, like under my armpit, like here, I'm thinking wow. I've got breast cancer, right. like lymphoma, something going on with the, lymphatic the worst, system, the worst. And it was like, I couldn't even roll over in bed. It was so painful. It was so inflamed that you could feel the heat coming off of it through two layers of clothes, like through my sports bra, my workout top. Wow. And that's when I was going to the women's, you know, specialist trying to figure this out, like thinking that it's cancer. And like everybody was like, I have no idea what that is. I've never seen that before. And some like um herbalist acupuncture wanted to just put me on progesterone, like topically. I'm like, but you don't even know what's wrong with me. Like you're just gonna give me progesterone? Like that no, thank you. That doesn't make sense. So I um then went into after that, like after that crazy breast inflammation thing, then I had a 12 day period. And I was like, what is going on? I'm like, God, like praying. I'm like, what is happening? And I'll, I remember it so clearly, like it was the 12th, like pretty much the 12th day of that period. I had w- woken up on a Thursday morning and it had stopped. And I was like, cool. It finally stopped. Right. For sure. And at the time I was still personal training. So I went and trained a couple of clients as new in my health coaching business. I came back to my office, started working after two hours of sitting in my office, my period started again. Oh my God. And I was like, there's something in this room. Like what? Cause I had like done all this testing, like all these things. And I just couldn't figure it out. Like I was doing all the things. I was a FDN practitioner. I was like supporting my liver, like doing all, you know, eating sure. anti-inflammatory, all the stuff. And by divine intervention, that same day, like I opened up the closet to get some packaging material out to ship something to a client and looked up at the ceiling and there was like black mold (gasps) all over the ceiling. And my desk literally sat a foot away from it, but it was our guest room and like it was tucked back in the closet. So it was just something I'd never noticed before. And it all kind of correlated back. Like when I, hindsight's always 2020. So when I look back, when I quit my corporate job and started working from home full time, is when the symptoms started to accumulate over that two year period, basically. So that's wild. It was wild. Yeah. So I like immediately moved my computer out into the um, living room and like within a week, the acne was like receding, like going away and I started feeling better. And then, you know, as we're sitting here recording this, you're seeing me in my office now. So we had built like a makeshift office out here in my garage and we had the mold people come out and test everything. And, and they're like, Oh, you know, we have one more sample that we can do. Where do you want us to do it? And I was like, Oh, well, you know, for shit and giggles, like, why don't you do my office come to find out 
mold in my office was 10 times worse than the mold in the guest room. Oh my God. Because our pool pump sits behind my office wall right here and it had been leaking. And like, this is our first time owning a home with a pool. So right. we just think it's natural for the for pool sure. pump to leak, you yeah. know? It's all new to you. Yeah. Oh my God. So what did those steps look like? Obviously getting the mold out of your house and minimizing yeah. your exposure to it, of course. But outside of that, like, what do you do? Would you, yeah. especially for like detoxing your body, what does that look like? Totally. So this was also when I was kind of new, like the Dutch test had been, had just kind of started to pick up in popularity. And so I was starting to play with it. I immediately ran a Dutch test, saw that I was estrogen dominant, um, ran a full thyroid blood panel, Hashimoto's, like my antibodies were elevated and yeah. hypothyroidism signs. Um, obviously like the, when you've got mold like that, the most important thing is immediate removal. Like we're either physically removing yourself from the home right. or like getting the, having somebody come in to remove the mold. And like, I want to emphasize this part for the listeners because you really want to make sure that the mold is removed properly. For sure. Like, you want to get professional people that come out. They should be sealing off the area, making an airtight seal. They should be running air scrubbers while they're doing it because as they're removing the mold, you don't want that to then filtrate through the rest of the house and mold spores are airborne. So just because you have mold on a wall doesn't mean it's isolated there. It's it's airborne. So the spores will fly through their house and they embed themselves in all kinds of porous material. So that's like the first thing is that remediation removal process. You want to stop the exposure basically. Um, everybody's a little bit different. Like I definitely was affected by it, but I'm not that person that walks into a moldy building and immediately has a severe reaction to Got it. it. Right. You know, the, so there's some people that have like they say 25% of the population has the HDLAR gene mutation where like, you know, one of the books that I read, a naturopath wrote it and she literally like landed on a plane at the Portland airport and stepped out into the airport and there was mold somewhere and she like instantly would have a reaction to something like wow. that. That wasn't me. I think that it was the, you know, burden of being exposed to it every day for prolonged periods that eventually just wore down for my sure. body and overwhelmed the detoxification system and all that stuff. So um, I definitely heightened my gut support supplements, heightened my detox support supplements, things like, you know, taking um, biobotanical research, their GI detox, which is a great binder with silica and charcoal. And I'm forgetting the other component that's in there, but it's a great binder. So started doing that stuff. Glutathione is really huge to help push out the mold toxins, beefing up even my adrenal support because the body is working so hard. The adrenals have been taxed with all the inflammation to help get that stuff out. So it was really like a full fledged, like big picture approach, not just working on one system. Cause you know, as, um, as much as we want to detox sometimes, like we can't detox properly unless the adrenals are running appropriately and the thyroids running well. And like the digestive system that helps to move out some of those toxins is able to eliminate. So it's really important that you kind of support all the systems of the body, I think. For and, sure. you know, another thing for me that was really big at that time was actually dialing back my workout intensity, you know, having had a long history of like training for fitness shows, being a personal trainer, that was a big part of who I was. But when our body's in that kind of depleted state, you know, exercise is meant to be 
a positive stress. Like when we exercise, our body responds to build strong muscles and bones, but when it's in a depleted state and you're breaking it down, breaking down muscle and asking it to rebuild again, it can't, you're depleting it even more. So I kind of committed to just 30 days of like walking in yoga at that time awesome. to give my body some relief. And that was huge. And then sleep is super critical too, because our body, body does all of its healing and massive detoxification process at nighttime. So I'm really protective of my sleep even now, because I know how mm -hmm. important that aspect is for getting through whatever health journey you're like moving through at any point in time. You know, that's so key. Yeah. Sleep is so important to me, even though I love I could stay up. I I mean, I used to be a bartender. So the habit of like staying up late and waking up late. But when I look back even before that, like that was just who I was. And my father is that way too. But I like 11 o'clock, I'm in bed. I'm up probably around eight-ish, eight, 8.30. I'm not an early riser, but that is just so, mm -hmm. that is my thing. I can't go without that. And even just one night of broken sleep. Yeah it just, it's crazy how much it impacts me. And then, so when yeah. I hear somebody saying like, I haven't had a good night's sleep in 10 years, I'm just like, I could barely function after a night of not giving sleep. I can only imagine how you're feeling if you have not focused on sleep in the past yeah. 10 years. It's crazy. Totally. Like I don't have kids. And so when I talk, see parents and stuff and they talk about not getting sleep, I'm just like, how do you do I that? <laughs> like, I know. And why do you do that to yourself? I'm like, mm, that kid thing, not really for me, I don't think. Totally. <laughs> Just for the pure fact that I would not get sleep. Like we got a puppy earlier this spring and I was like, you know, it's that first week of them like crying and getting used to it. And my husband and I are like sure. taking turns, getting up in the middle of the night. I'm like, this is awful. Of course. <laughs> yep. It is. It's intense. It really, really yeah. is. Yep. So I know that over the holidays you had shared 12 days of healthy hormone hacks and I love that. And I would love it if you can share with our listeners today, what, what some of those healthy hormone hacks are. Yeah. So one of my favorite ones is having like a cup of green tea per day, which I'm actually drinking my matchas. We're sitting here talking Lovely. <laughs> um, for all the benefits that, that green tea has from an inflammatory perspective, helping to like, you know, even like matchas, good, good green teas are going to have a little bit of L-theanine from a calming perspective, which is really great. Um, the ECGCs that are in there help with healing the gut which we want all those things to be, you know, in good graces for, to support our hormone production and balance. Um, and so, you know, maybe swapping out that cup of coffee for green tea, possibly, or, you know, having a cup of green tea, like in the afternoon or in the middle of the day, or after you have your cup of Joe for all of the benefits that it has for you. Mm -hmm. um, one of my other favorite ones is filling up with fat. Like fat has gotten Love such it. a bad rap mm -hmm. for so long. And we're finally, I think, kind of starting to turn the corner on that, that fat is actually healthy for us. And you actually need fats in order to make hormones. So everybody talks so poorly about like LDL cholesterol, but you actually need LDL cholesterol to make hormones, which comes from fats. And then that combined with like different B vitamins actually makes, you know, estrogens and progesterones and cortisol and all those things. And so it's really important to fill up with those fats and, and those healthy specific ones that we want. Right. And along with that, when we 
fill up with fat, it really helps to curb like cravings for carbs and sugars, which can put us on a roller coaster ride with blood sugar and mood and that circadian cortisol rhythm, which neg- all negatively impacts our hormone balance in general. So um, that's one of my favorites also. So like my matcha that I'm drinking right now, I kind of come again, that efficiency factor. Mm-hmm. I like to have my matcha green tea with full fat coconut milk. So I'm like, you know, killing two birds with one stone again. For sure. Yep. <laughs> Awesome. Exactly. And that sounds delicious. Yes. Um, and then the sleep factor is the other thing that I talked a lot about in that 12 day series, because um, our body has an internal clock that's based off the sun and the moon cycles. Like that's what we refer to as our circadian rhythm, which is kind of right. related to our cortisol rhythm, which is also related to like, you can Google like a Chinese medicine body clock and see these images of like our organs are doing certain things at certain times of the day. So like our liver and our gallbladder and kidneys do a huge bulk of their detoxification process in the middle of the night from one to three when we're sleeping. So it's really important to be sleeping during some of these critical time periods so that our body can do those processes. Cause you have to be in a parasympathetic, like rested, relaxed state for those processes to occur. For so sure. if we're staying up in the middle of the night or staying up too late, we're kind of skipping over those things or missing out on them. And no matter how much you sleep in the next morning, like your body's not going to adjust its process just because you decided to stay up late, which is why we feel like crap (laughs) when we do stay up late because we're missing out on some of those things. Totally. Totally. Like staying up on New Year's when I'm like, I don't really need to do that anymore on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Awesome. So those are some great tips. I would love to know before I let you go, obviously sleep is one of them. Uh, your non-negotiables, the non-negotiables that you need in your life that really help you feel your very best and help you to optimize your hormone health. Mm, yes. Yeah, sleep is definitely number one, non-negotiable mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, I would say second to that is getting outside and moving my body. Um, nature is so critical to our overall well-being. I just actually spent a week in Maui and it was, it's just so amazing to be more, I mean, I live in San Diego, so I'm, I'm kind of immersed in the outdoors. We have great weather and I know it's harder for people that are in some of those colder climates, but even being out in the cold is beneficial for us. Like it helps to ground our energy. It helps to balance that circadian rhythm again. It actually helps us to eliminate toxins. So it's really important. And for me, moving my body is part of my sanity as well too. And it doesn't have to be intense every day. It's just that ritual and that routine. And also um, something that I talk about a lot with my clients is doing your movement in the morning time, which is more in flow with your circadian rhythm and your natural cortisol hormone rhythm sure. too. Like so many people, like they get off of work at five and then they go to the gym. Like when I worked in the gym industry, that was the peak busy time was like from five to seven. And here people are like doing super intense exercise, spiking their cortisol, you know, late at night when it's supposed to be gradually going down. Totally. Right. Yep. Um, so that exercise movement piece is definitely one. And I would say one for me, since this whole like Hashimoto's thyroid thing is clean water. Mm-hmm. I am like, like if I'm traveling, I will scour the airport to find like the best bottled water or water sources. Like I won't just, I'm really opposed to drinking just any water. 
because of the toxins that are in our water and specifically how some of those toxins are endocrine disruptors or um, xenoestrogens, they elevate estrogen, they mess with your thyroid hormone, that kind of stuff. And um, I think it's it's really um, sad that there's not enough education about water or availability of you know good quality water. Like it's just kind of like the food industry. We see these big companies like Dasani and Coke and and everything have taken over the water industry. And actually, the water that they're supplying is not great at all. <laughs> you know? So true. Yep, it's so true. <laughs> Yeah. Well, those are amazing. Those are some really great non-negotiables. And I really thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us today. It was a really great episode. Where can our audience find you and connect with you? Yeah. Well, I think you were mentioning um, my Instagram. Like That's where I did that 12 days of healthy hormone hacks. I'm uh, really active on Instagram. That's my favorite social media platform. So you can find me over there, Holistic Health Boss. Feel free to DM me, send me comments. Um, I love adding stuff to my stories and my posts for just tips and resources and motivation. I uh, also have a Facebook you know, page, business page and personal account, um, Holistic Health Boss and my website, holistichealthboss.com where I write a blog pretty much once a week with some of the stuff that we've been talking about where people can get more info about this kind of stuff. Amazing. Well, that's fantastic. We will put all of this in the show notes and thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. It was great chatting with you. My pleasure. Thanks everybody for tuning into our episode today with Jen Maleka. I really hope you enjoyed it. You can connect with her over on Instagram at Holistic Health Boss and also her website, holistichealthboss.com. And be sure to enter the CanPrev Valentine's giveaway. I'm announcing the winner this Sunday, February 14th. There's two winners. It's a girlfriend's giveaway, so be sure to tag your girlfriend. We're giving away an amazing prize pack, and you can enter that giveaway over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And before I let you go, I want to let you know about February's Recipe Club. If you're not yet a member in the Recipe Club, we have amazing meal plans that go out every month with prep guides. And this month, we are focusing on your cycle and period health. You get two meal plans this month. We're focusing on a meal plan for the follicular phase to help optimize estrogen during the first half of your cycle. And the second half, the luteal meal plan to optimize progesterone. And if you are wondering, but I'm in menopause, I don't have a cycle, how do I follow these meal plans? Or maybe you have a very irregular cycle or a short or a long cycle, what do you do? It's all good because I have listed out how you can optimize these meal plans based on following the cycle of the moon. So we do different themes every month. This month is all about the follicular and luteal phase of your cycle. March, we are diving into a thyroid healing meal plan. It's only $9 a month to join us in the recipe club. And you can learn more over at holisticwellness.ca forward slash recipe club. Hope to see you in there. Have an awesome day. Take care.